This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 127. Well, we're having a little technical issues with the Figo. We're trying to get him back online. Give us a little bit. Hopefully we can add him to the conversation. But uh, Hammy's here and Hammy, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. Well, that's good. That's good. I'm trying to add Vigo, trying to get him part of the conversation. We'll see if we can do it here. We'll do our best. Not sure what's going on. But either way, um, Hammy, it was a good weekend. I mean, obviously not the best weekend. Uh, it's it, it was two road victories, and that's all that matters. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it would have been <laughs> disastrous if you split or got swept, especially against a team that's not very good this year. So I guess that's one way to look at it. Uh, I mean, after, you know, like before the podcast, we, uh, you know, like I had mentioned to you that I don't know how I entirely feel about the weekend because, I mean, it is Michigan State. They're not very good this year. You have, you know, the Thursday game where we gave up four goals on not many shots, so we didn't get very good goaltending. And then, you know, the Saturday game, which is cool that they got to play, you know, at a place like uh, Madison Square Garden. But at the same time, uh, you know, to have to win on a late goal, just uh, not exactly the, the most inspiring feeling uh, as a fan. <laughs> well, I, I can't, I can't disagree with you, but I, I'm just glad they got two wins. And uh, Figs, there you are. Hi there. I didn't even get a notification that you're trying to get a hold of me. Well, it, Skype can be a little weird. I mean, you just, you just never know. But you're here, and that's all that matters. And you didn't miss anything. So, uh, what do you mean? I just told him. I just gave my opinion. What do you mean you didn't miss anything? <laughs> he was actually on for that. He actually heard your opinion. So, oh, okay, fine. Uh, well, well, let's hear Viggs' opinion. Uh, uh, Viggs, not very convincing wins against the last place team, but the way that Minnesota has struggled this year on the road against anybody, it, it, you, boy, I can't complain too much, but it's still not the best. Yeah, we always like to really rip the team when they go <laughs> into these games and they drop one. At least they didn't drop any points here. You know, I didn't think they played the greatest style of hockey. It wasn't that entertaining but it got the job done. You know, if Shearhorn has a steadier game on Thursday night, you know, we're probably not even talking about that being that bad of a game because they were able to, to score some goals and they got timely goals this weekend. So say what you will about Michigan State. You know, they're probably not quite as bad as their record indicates in the Big Ten, uh, but the Gophers took care of business and, and that's what they needed to do. Um, they've got a much tougher challenge this weekend. But uh, I give them a little credit, you know, the flat building on Saturday, and they, they, they played okay. You know, they just they didn't flash a lot, but they played conservative. Well, let's talk about that first Thursday night game. Um, Shearhorn, uh, boy, 
Um, they they talked about how he's played there before and he should be able to handle those weird boards, but uh, he just did not handle it well at all. No, I mean that's why they started him that game was to give him the experience, and you know it's just surprising that he he cracked under that kind of microscope. Um, you know, this is the first time he's had a challenge in net since he's been at Minnesota. And, you know, it's not the most inspiring performance. He's getting away from what gave him so much success early in the season, you know, when he was calm in net, you know, letting the puck hit him. You know, now he's got a little bit extra movement, a little bit too much street hockey goalie. And I think he's pressing too much to try to make saves rather than be in the right position. And, and then on the flip side, Hammy, you've got a, a power play that didn't look that great, but you've got a penalty kill that scored two shorthanded goals on one five-minute major against them. Um, Thursday was just kind of a goofy game. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the the turning point. I mean, you you know, first of all, whenever you kill a five-minute major without giving up any goals, um, that's usually considered a big momentum shift and a victory. But to actually score outscore the other team when they have a five-minute major uh, in their benefit, uh, that's certainly something that you don't tend to see um, that often. So, the, uh, you know, that that was certainly the turning point, I would say, as far as that game goes. Uh, well, then, fortunate uh, that Shearhorn didn't give it back, right? So entirely. Yeah, well, then uh, on top of that, you also had, you know, Michigan State getting a shorthanded goal on, a, what is it, another five-minute major, Savigs? Yeah, it was a weird yep. night for shorties. So. <laughs> it was just weird. Uh, yeah, just getting a little careless at the top. You know, you get in those five-minute major situations, and you know, I think there's a little bit less focus than in the traditional two-minute. And you know, you just have those guys; they're they're playing extended shifts, and so they're they're maybe a little more fatigued and vulnerable positions sometimes, and, and that's what happened. Is there any thought on maybe those five-minute majors to going more of a normal rotation that you would in you know five-on-five? I think sometimes every once in a while coaches will break it up. They'll throw out a third or a fourth line just for a, a shift to kind of reset everybody. Cause you're not used to playing, you know, your top six for six, seven minutes in a situation like that. And that's kind of what ends up happening. Yeah. It, it, I think in those cases, maybe he should, because the power play hasn't been that great. And, you know, five minute man advantage, they, what they get one shot. Maybe it was not, not looking good. One shot, maybe on goal at the end and they gave up a goal. Uh, not to mention, you know, what happened when you know, Michigan State had their man advantage. I mean, we had two short-handed goals. So, goofy night all around. Gophers, you know, kind of jumped up all over them in, in the second period. And then, boy, Hammy, uh, a lot of people were kind of nervous because then Michigan State got right back into it. Well, yeah, when you give up three straight goals uh, right to them, I mean, not exactly going to probably build uh, the confidence in your teammates. But fortunately, <laughs> you know, she kind of came through. Uh, late and you know we got the win so I, mean, I guess that that's ultimately what counts but you know like we've talked about it wasn't an inspiring overall weekend in that sense so you've got the 5-4 victory thursday night and they have a night off and then they move to uh saturday night after the gopher basketball team played uh ohio state uh not a very good game but uh in the morning late early afternoon they took out the basketball court Revealed the hockey uh, rink, uh, Viggs, and uh, boy, I, I thought Saturday was kind of a boring game, two to one game. You know, late, late, kind of late, late minute win, I should say. But uh, 
I guess, you know, I, I, it's a good thing. You know, they got the points this weekend, but, boy, it wasn't very inspiring against that last place team. No, it really wasn't inspiring. But, you know, the bright spot for me is it wasn't, you know, a mistake-filled game. Sometimes you play in these uninspiring games and you're turning the puck over a lot and perhaps you're getting away because you're not playing a talented team. I didn't really see the Gophers do that too much. You know, they weren't giving the puck away and giving odd man rushes back the other way. Um, there just wasn't a lot of offense out there, whether it was um, Cole kind of putting the reins down on his team and just creating less chances all the way around. You know, I definitely saw Minnesota passing up shots. I think, you know, they only attempted something like the low 40s. So the shots on goal weren't very inspiring uh, for offense. But, you know, I don't think there was a ton there either. Uh, one thing I noticed is that uh, they did put Middlestat back on the off wing on the power play, which is something people have been looking for. I think that's probably where he's going to stay here through the next little stretch. So I know that's something people are complaining about. And, well, there you go. Lucia is trying something different. <laughs> Well, the, uh, you know, as people might say, the season's kind of going away. It's ending fairly quick here. Um, they're not having a great season, Hammy. At least in the Big Ten, you know, they're kind of they're tied for fifth place right now. Probably not going to move up too much more because they've got a tough schedule, um, Hammy. But regardless of kind of what happens in the Big Ten, they've got a good enough record and they've played enough tough teams that their pairwise is probably going to stay fairly high. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the one thing you can say is that they're, I mean, they're obviously not in a totally secure position, but... Um, no, definitely not. Yeah, I mean, so you can't necessarily feel overly confident, but but they do, um, you know, despite having a relatively mediocre record and not playing all that particularly great from a, you know, at least at times in this season, they are in a position to make the NCAAs and... I, which team was it that we played earlier in the year that kind of was really the the swing for us being higher in the pairwise? Uh, Clarkson, wasn't it? I think it, I can't, I think it was right, but, and I think that you know that that's kind of one of those things where you say to yourself, I mean, I don't, I am not a pairwise guru, but I mean, where would we be without those two wins? You know, what I mean, I, I don't think we'd be sitting nearly in this kind of a position. So you, it's a little bit, uh, you know, how good are they? How you know, I don't know. It's it's a big question mark yet. And really, Viggs, it's probably those quality non-conference wins that, that that is keeping them, you know, top ten in the pairwise right now. Yeah, for sure, their non-conference record's the strongest it's been in the last uh, five years of the Big Ten. And on top of that, the the Big Ten as a whole is playing pretty well this year out of conference. It's the second best league in the country behind the NCHC. So these games against the remaining teams on their schedule, even a loss isn't going to hurt them. I think a loss to Michigan State probably would have hurt them pretty badly in the pairwise. I think you would have seen them drop to 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there had they dropped one. But now these games, you know, coming up against Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Penn State, you know, these are all teams that are, that are in the running for at-large bids. So say what you want about the Gopher season. They are in great shape for pairwise and making the tournament. That hasn't always been the case the last decade. Well, that's definitely true. I mean, you, you just look at the the history of the Big Ten itself. I mean, they've they've won the league every year, but their non conference has been really bad, and so they've been, you know, kind of on the cusp of not of being in the tournament and having to win the Big Ten you know, playoff to get in the tournament a few times. So, 
Um, this year is definitely a different thing. Not doing so well in conference, but, you know, quality wins. You know, at North Dakota, you had St. Cloud here uh, sweeping Clarkson, uh, Harvard. Um, they're quality wins that out there. And, and like you said, the rest of the Big Ten season, they're playing teams that, you know, <laughs> that are top ten teams. You got Notre Dame yeah, looking, up there. I mean, they, they've look, got a tough schedule. Looking at the Jim Dahl rankings, the, the Gophers could get three wins out of their next eight and probably be anywhere from 8 to 12 in the pairwise. And that's just with going 3 and 5 here down the stretch. So it's not all doom and gloom. Um, and obviously this weekend's going to be a big weekend. Um, and we'll have to we'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, I just wanted to get to a couple questions here via Twitter. And actually we have a actually a recruiting question from Dan Hogan. Let's go this for you, Hammy. Who are the top uncommitted players in the state right now? Um, last week, lots of talk about the type of team Lachia has built. What type of forward do you think um, this team is missing? All right. Well, because I saw this question earlier, so I, I, yeah. I was thinking about it. And, you know, honestly, I, I'm kind of going to, sh- you know, shirk it a little bit because it's kind of like, <laughs> first of all, it's like what – what time frame are you talking about? You know what I mean? Is this somebody you're thinking for a year out, two years out, four years out? I mean, there's a lot of different answers you can go as far as uncommitted players go. Um, so that's a little bit of a question mark. The other thing is that it, just as a general statement, looking at not just Gopher fans, but I see this with North Dakota fans and you see this on USCHO with certain fans. It's like, they it's almost like the they want to build a roster that's like an all-star team you know what i mean and it's like you're trying to just and i think coaches sometimes do this too where you're just trying to gather as much talent as possible and instead of thinking about well what do you have in the pipeline for that two to three year period of time and what's going to you know really add to that from a team perspective rather than looking at it from a talent perspective and I think that's something that fans tend to get caught up in. And I'm not going to say that I never do either. Sometimes I do that. But uh, I think it really comes down to what they're going to be looking at for certain kinds of players. From a forward perspective, I know the easy answer is, oh, well, you want a guy who's like 6'2", and he's rugged, and he scores goals, and you know he's totally <laughs> polished you know, or whatever. But then it's like, well, that guy's going to be gone in a year. Uh, and those guys don't just – you know, they're not going to fall on your lap every single solitary year either. So um, I don't really have a huge problem with how the Gophers have been from a forward perspective in recent years. Um, obviously, some years they're better than others, but I feel like they generally have, you know, two to three good scoring lines most years. Um, I have mentioned this in past weeks. My biggest issue has been more from a defensive standpoint and what kind of players they've been bringing um, They I don't feel like they've had enough depth from – a two-way defensive player perspective. The best gopher teams usually have two to three really good offensive defensemen that can play both ends. And I feel like in recent era, we've more had like maybe one guy who was really good and then a couple guys that were okay and then, you know, not that great after that. And I feel like that's been more the problem as much as anything. Viggs, any thoughts on the type of recruit we're going after? I do just know that this staff is hoping <laughs> if they're sticking <laughs> around to have some of their depth players be bigger, bigger players, bigger forwards, bigger defensemen as their depth players. I think they've gotten into a, a bit of a tendency to look for kind of smaller skilled guys 
for those bench, you know, not bench roles, but depth roles. And I think one of the things they're looking to do is, is add some size, older players for those spots so that instead of having, you know, 18, 19 year old, smaller guys filling out the roster, they're going to have, you know, some 21 year old big players filling those spots. So we'll see if they get the chance to do that, you know, uh, but that's something they're, they're hoping to do. Well, and I think, you know, the other thing that people have to think about is, uh, you know, it really comes down to player adaptability because a lot of these guys are playing similar roles um, when they're in high school. They're top-line guys, scoring line, you know, all the great stuff. They go off to junior hockey, and maybe they have relatively similar roles in juniors, but you get to the college level, and you're going to have all these guys that have played those kinds of roles, and then it comes down to, you know, who, you know, do you have enough guys that have the adaptability to play a third line or fourth line and still, you know, contribute? And you're not getting guys that are necessarily one dimensional. You look at like a Taylor Camarada, he was kind of a one dimensional guy. I mean, if he wasn't going to be producing a lot offensively, what else was he going to do? He wasn't a big gritty guy. He wasn't a defensive player. And it sounded like you kind of were pigeonholed into that one kind of role for him and it's sort of you know identifying guys that hey maybe they're going to be scores but if they're not do they have the capability of really being highly effective in other roles and uh, I think that that's a key that they really have to look at maybe a little more carefully okay well uh we've got a few more questions here that we'll get to in a little bit uh and as well as Notre Dame and a couple other tragedies in, in hockey recently. But before we get to that, let's uh, hear from our sponsor. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. Well, what is Vintage MN Hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors, to the collegiate teams, to even the high school teams, all information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPL podcast, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit vintagemnhockey.com and follow them on Twitter at vintagemnhockey. Well, Viggs, in this past week, we've had quite a bit of tragedy in the hockey community. Um, we've lost a, kind of an icon in hockey and a, and a young man, and it's just a it's been a tough week. Yeah, it definitely has been a tough week. Uh, you know, especially uh, for a lot of guys who grew up in the metro area working with um, Carol. You know, he was looked at as a leader for these guys, and and for him to, you know, have what happened to him is is pretty pretty shocking, and and just a reminder for everybody to to be available to their friends and and help them through tough times. Yeah, Andrew Carroll, the former, you know, Duluth. Uh, Hockey captain uh, unfortunately took his own life uh, on Monday, and it's just a oh boy, people. I don't. What can you really say? It's like you, you, you know, sometimes you just don't know this is coming, and sometimes there's signs, and sometimes there isn't. It's just 
Uh, it's just it's just awful. But then on top of that, you know, uh, a great pillar in USA Hockey Vs. Yeah, it, it's pretty amazing to see the outpouring of support for him on, on Twitter. You know, a lot of people had a high respect for him and what he did for uh, USA Hockey. And uh, to lose him, I think, was tough on a lot of people. Tough week, Hammy. Yeah, I mean, I, you feel really bad when you see uh, somebody take their own life. And, I, I mean, I don't know anything about the circumstances, but uh, it is one of those cases where, you know, you really want to – whenever you, people talk about that kind of stuff, uh, a lot of times people get emotional and um, you maybe don't take them entirely seriously. And I'm not saying anything about this particular instance, but just in generally speaking, and uh, you kind of just want to make sure that – you're there for those people. And uh, if they need help, uh, try to give them, get them that kind of help and uh, be that kind of support system for them. Yeah. There's a lot of outpouring obviously for Jim Johansson as well. Um, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, obviously he was going to, he <laughs> wasn't he the general manager of team USA for this coming up Olympics leagues. He, he must've been, uh, he's, he's I mean, a guy who's kind of headlined all these, uh, USA hockey things for the last decade plus. Um, he's he's a big reason for a lot of the success uh, that the junior programs had. Um, it's uh, it's hard on a lot of people. Yeah, it's just a it's just a tough week all around. Um, well, I'm looking at more questions here. Actually, it looks like we've kind of answered some of the questions because uh, a few people were asking, you know, can they remain top ten in pairwise? And you know, I think if Boy, if you just split with some of these, you know, teams like Notre Dame and Ohio State and Penn State in front of you, um, they're going to be we're going to be good pairwise either way. So, uh, I I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on that because that's kind of the, the theme going right now is people worried about the pairwise and you know, Hammy, they should be worried about the pairwise, but I, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, you know, I, I'm actually surprised. I mean, uh, you know, I won't mention names because I think some of the people, <laughs> um, but I mean, I. Uh, you know, I had somebody asking me, you know, well, do we even want them to make the NCAAs? Because it's almost like, you know, you're worried that if they do well enough to keep a staff that a lot of people aren't exactly excited about, you know, what is that? I mean, I'm not of that mentality, but I'm a little surprised that you don't get some of those kinds of questions. Do we really want it? Because, you know, this team does have, you know, it's one of those things where you get to the NCAAs and it, it's just four wins. I mean, I mean, you think about it. Granted, they're not going to be easy, but nonetheless, it's four wins. And you're saying to yourself, well, it's just a couple weeks. Just get really hot. You never know if you have a goalie just plays out of his skull for a few weeks. And, hey, you know, you end up with something that you never expected and everybody's happy and whatever. But um, so getting in is certainly special, but at the same time, you're like, well, what kind of a team do we really have? And is it really moving in the right direction? And if they do get there and they win a game or two, you know, is that going to be something that in the long run that keeps the staff around that a lot of people aren't excited about? So I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm a little surprised people didn't ask about that too. Well, well one thing Viggs is that, you know what, we just don't know with this team. They are sort of Jekyll and Hyde, you know, they can shut out a, a, a team like uh, St. Cloud state and then just do a, a complete opposite and play terrible against, you know, Michigan, even though that Michigan's not a bad team this year, but um, it, it's just so hard to predict where this team could go. Or it could really go either way. Yeah, I mean, the talent is definitely there. We saw coming into the season, you know, up front for forwards, this team had 
an embarrassment of riches, it seemed like, with so many returning scores and so much talent coming in. Uh, Rem Pitlick, you hoped he would take a jump from a great freshman year into a great sophomore year. It looked like that was going to happen. Now he's kind of gone dry the last couple weeks, uh, and they're leaning on Gates and Middlestep more than I expected them to do. Uh, those guys are talented players. You know, they're, they're good goal scorers type guys, um, but it's hard to know what you're going to get. The surprising thing with this year's team, though, is they do have games like the Clarkson game, uh, that series, the St. Cloud game. You know, they have been able to lock down other teams when they put the effort out there. Is this team going to be able to do that four times in a row? We'll see, but I think they're going to get the chance to do that. And they definitely have the goaltending talent to get there as well. And the one thing I think is that, uh, you know what, they do have the offensive talent too. I mean, if, if you see somebody like a Bristed or, or a Pitlick uh, and some of these guys starting to score like they were scoring last year or, or anything like that, Hammy, this team, team could do a lot of damage. But the thing is, we just haven't seen that. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's all well and good to talk about what we've seen in the past, but it's like you kind of have to be more, I'm more of a recency bias kind of a guy <laughs> and what I see recently. And I mean, to me, the shocking one is Bristad. I mean, I never in a million years would have expected it this late in the season to, to see a guy that has his background with five points. You know, I never, I don't think anybody would have predicted that even from a worst case scenario. I mean, people might've said, Oh, well, you know, I suppose in a worst case scenario, they probably think he had to have at least double or triple what he has right now. And I mean, that's the shocking one to me. Um, I, I don't know that any of the other guys. I'm, I mean, you know, Zmatula, you'd expect, considering he's always been a point per game guy in college, you'd expect more out of him. I mean, you know, some of these guys, it's just been, it just hasn't been the kind of year you really, really expected for one reason or another. It just hasn't clicked. Uh, the one thing I keep thinking is if how good the season would be if some of these guys just clicked or had a normal season. But like you said, somebody like a Bristed, oh boy. Viggs, I, I, what does he have, two or three goals? And I think one of them is even an open net. So, uh, boy, hey, he is struggling. And the, and the strange thing is about him is he's still generating shots. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not sure where he ranks on the team, but it's definitely in the upper third for shots. He's a guy who's still getting the puck to the net. It's just, you know, it's, there's no secondary support around the net for scoring. You almost sense that guys get too spread out in the zone, and they just can't get to those second chances. They can't support the puck when the other team doubles up on it. He's that's sixth in shots. Yeah. I mean, so that's part of the reason, I think, is there's, they're just not creating enough chaos in the zone. And, and and plus there's that just a little bit of snake bit by uh, Bristed. I mean, he has had some really good opportunities. He just hasn't been able to bury it. And I think with him now, it's all in his head because you do see him out there. You notice him. He's out there. He's busting his butt. He's hustling. It's just not going for him, Hammy. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those deals where sometimes it's like you start off a season not doing so great and then – the longer it drags on, the tighter you're, you know, holding on to your stick and the more you're pressing and you just, it just become it just snowballs on you. You know I mean? Sometimes you see that in athletes, you know, on different sports, whether it's baseball or hockey or whatever it is, it's like, they don't start off well. And then 
you know, compared to their past. And then they start pressing and that just kind of compounds the problem. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's entirely what's going on with him, but certainly uh, it's pretty surprising to see a guy with his background uh, kind of struggling the way he's been struggling this year. Well, we could just hope that he gets a nice goal one of these days and just kind of gets off of it because if he starts to succeed, this team could turn around and 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 maybe could win those four games, like you guys say. Part, uh, part of me would almost like to see him put on a line with Romanco and Ramsey just because they do such a good job of possessing the puck. Okay. Now, there's not a lot of finish with those two guys, but you know maybe Leon, if he gets enough zone time, you know he could find something. Uh, we'll see what happens here in the next weeks. So, uh, there's a lot of guys with flu. There's a couple guys banged up. Um, it's tough to move around the lineup too much, uh, but that w- that would be something worth seeing. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, Gopher State, Mr. Nate Wells, he wants to know, guys, who would be your Hobie front runners? Hammy, do you have any Hobie front runners right now? Hmm, you know, I'll be honest, I haven't thought a tremendous amount about that just because, you know, I kind of like to judge guys when they kind of get down the stretch and see who's really contributing to their team's stretch run. So I, I haven't really thought too heavily about that. I know it's kind of avoiding the answer, but that's just the <laughs> truth for me. I just, I haven't thought about it from that standpoint. Viggs probably has better insight. He, he thinks about this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I do like Henrik Borgstrom from Denver. Uh, you know, he's a pretty flashy player on one of the best teams in the country. Uh, I like Jimmy Schultz quite a bit from uh, St. Cloud State. He's a defenseman who, who plays all over the rink, a uh, dynamic player. Um, and I like um, Ryan Donato from Harvard. You know, he looked pretty good against the Gophers. Um, he's got a lot of goals. Uh, he's an impressive player. Those are three I like. There you go, Nate. Nate just got back from New York. He was there this past weekend. Looks like he had a good time. So He also got a nice uh, view of Grand Forks on his way back, thanks to uh, Snow in their in their two gates at their airport. It's a metropolis up there. On the, on the oh, boy. At least they had no snow. Yeah, it was nice up there. I, I heard it was temperate up there as well. Yeah. And good Deke's Pizza. <laughs> Was he flying on a propeller plane? <laughs> is, that, is that what they have up there? I don't know. Ooh, wow. All right. I see a couple questions coming in from the Mixler chat, the people listening to us live. Um, we've got Go Gray, kind of long paragraph here. He goes, hey, guys, thanks for doing this each week. Per last week, don't, leak the, don't think Lucia is going anywhere. Do you get the sense he would leave on his own? Also, the more we talk about inconsistencies, lack of effort, etc., the more we just aren't. The, the more I think we just aren't as talented as we hoped. Chemistry is just not there. So, uh, let's talk about the first part, Hammy. Do you think uh, Lucia would even leave on his own? <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I used to think that because I mean, he was the one of the. I remember a long time ago, he was the guy that was talking about you know, a shelf life for a coach and he didn't want to outlive, you know, that and all that sort of, you not outlive it, but outstay that. And like, I was like, okay, well maybe this guy, you know, can put aside the ego and not necessarily be like that type of a guy. But the longer it's dragged on, the more I'm like, you know, is this going to be one of those cases where you got to push him out the door because, you know, <laughs> the ego is just not willing to accept that, Hey, 
maybe I can't pull them out of the out of things. Maybe I, I you know, I, maybe it's somebody else. Yeah, I don't know that he's got that in him. I, I just don't know. Viggs, I'll give you the kind of second part of that. Uh, are they just not as talented as we hoped? Is the chemistry kind of a problem there? What do you think? Well, I do think there is something to the chemistry. Uh, Darren Romanco said after the Michigan series that he needed everybody to get on the same page on the ice and off the ice. So I don't know if we're you know having too many problems with guys not preparing for the games well enough or what, but there's definitely some sort of schism there uh, that this team needs to figure out if, if they want to go anywhere this season. Uh, the guys uh, today, you'll hear uh, – Ramsey and uh, Gates talk a little bit about how the trip to New York was a good chance for guys to be together and be around each other for an entire weekend. You know, they, they did some uh, walking around New York, Times Square, and, and maybe all that time together is something that can help them, you know, finish out the season. Because I, I definitely do think there is a bit of a disconnect there within the locker room. Interesting. And I would, I would like to say that I don't think that's a talent thing. I think that then the question talk about them not being as talented, but then it touched on chemistry. Because to me, think, it's, it's two I think different the talents things. there. I think the I, talents I do there. Too. I agree. I think that, well, I mean, I would say, I don't know that I believe that defensively, but I believe there's a, <laughs> enough talent there. Um, so I don't, think, I don't think it's necessarily a talent thing, but definitely I could see, you know, from a chemistry perspective, you know, maybe there's something that's not clicking. And, you know, when I think of some of the best teams that we've had, it's usually been a pretty tight-knit group of guys. I mean, we think of the title teams with, you know, when they'd go to Kowalska's, you know, and they'd have that kind of team bonding thing. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's the case this year. I mean, I, I, there's definitely been a kind of a vacuum, I think, after, you know, you had guys like uh, Kloos and some of those guys leave last year. And I don't know that they've kind of kind of replaced that uh, those kinds of leaders. Remember, you can always uh, tweet us your questions. Just use the hashtag GPL Podcast either during the week or if you're listening live during the show, we'll try to answer them. Um, Tim Hapke just threw one up a few minutes ago. Um, guys, what are your thoughts on Phillips so far? You know, he just came in a couple weeks ago. Uh, how do you think he's doing, Beeks? I think he's definitely adjusting to the college game. You know, when you make a mistake at this level, you know, it can end up in your own net pretty quick. He does flash the, the foot speed skills and the puck skills that I think have been missing on the blue line a little bit. He just seems a little bit quicker laterally with the puck and making decisions. Um, I think there's just a little bit of adjustment. There's little little things that you can get away with at lower levels that you can't get away with at college, um, especially how he moves the puck at the top of the um, blue line on the power play. Um, but, you know, this is a stretch here for him to, to figure out if he can make an impact. And, you know, that that's one of the chances he took, Hammy Lucia, is bringing this kid in midseason. He was, looks like he was kind of desperate. So, you know, he's going to have to have a little little pains here for the first month or so until he gets the player he thinks he's got. Well, I mean, I don't think it's really fair to judge a guy when he comes in the midseason. I mean, you got guys who have been kind of going through the dry land in the summer, and then they got captain's practice, and then they, you know, have played – half a season and then you're coming in, you know what I mean? And that's not the easiest situation to step into, even if you're a pretty good player. Um, and so I, I just think it's, it's one of those things where I think that we're just going to have to, whatever you see this year out of, I mean, you know, this season out of him, I think you just kind of have to chalk it up to just giving him an opportunity to grow and develop and then let him start fresh next season. And, and uh, you know, I think that he'll be much better at 
once he starts from the beginning of the year. And then on top, uh, you know, you got to think on top of that, Viggs, is that, uh, you know, he came in in late December. Um, there's no school yet. You know, he can just, you know, do whatever he wants. But, you know, now school has started up, so it might be a little bit different for him. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of an adjustment to be a college student. You know, he's a guy who, you know, they wanted to come in in the fall, but he wasn't quite ready academically to, to get into school and be eligible so that was something he had to finish up in the fall before it was even an option. Um, but, you know, with a guy like him, you know, they weren't expecting him to be a four-year player anyway. So it's this is something where they're not really losing any time at the end. You know, they're just getting him in earlier. Yeah, it really is just you're, you're, you're losing the early part of the season this year. But uh, I, I would agree. It's just uh, hopefully he'll be, uh, you know, broken in, should we say, um, within a month, the next month or so. So um, from the Mixler chat, uh, we've got uh, LFA hockey 24 wants to, he says, um, or she, who knows seeing Middlestead is looking like a one and done who can step up on the current team to fill that missing link next year. Is someone able to be that dominant player like him, Hammy? I mean, I think it's pretty, it's asking a lot. I mean, first of all, I'm not convinced that he's going to be gone, but uh, for the sake of the argument, let's say that he is. I mean, I don't know that there's any guy that I say, I see that would be stepping up to the degree that, you know, can fill his role on his own. But I th- I do think like uh, McManus, for instance, has the potential upside to be a, a you know, a good player as he kind of matures, um, so that would definitely be one guy that I would point to that I think uh, has that ability. I think certainly uh, Reedy, you know, I don't know that he's going to be a huge scorer in college, but I think he has the capability of being a very good contributor on that. So I think, you know, you just kind of hope that the other guys step up and not necessarily just one guy picking up the slack. Viggs, any thoughts on someone filling his shoes next year? Not too often you can fill the shoes of a <laughs> high draft pick like that. So. I don't see anyone quite filling it like he does. I think he'll be back. I think he's got a lot of room in his game to grow that can benefit from another year in college. I know when I talked to Scott Bell, he's got a good relationship with um, Jason Botterill, who's the decision maker for Buffalo. And he thinks that there's no way Buffalo pulls him into pro hockey just to play in the AHL. You know, they want him to be a top six forward, hopefully at center, because that's where he provides more value. And I think you've seen Milstead get a little bit better at his details in the dot. He's been more reliable in the circle um, on power plays. You know, he's he's playing the penalty kill. You know, he's getting a lot of roles and a lot of ice time here at Minnesota, which isn't something you always see in a college freshman. You know, this isn't the situation of Kiefer Bellows where he's being pushed to the third line because college hockey is too big of a step for him. You know, this is a situation where Casey's learning on the job quite a bit, and I think he's getting better at it. All right. Uh, Go Gray kind of has a follow-up to his previous question on the you know, talent. He goes, uh, the talent concerns me because Ohio State, Penn State seem to have caught up to us, and a young Michigan team has our number. So um, kind of his concern is, you know, where is the talent? And these other schools have caught up pretty quickly. I don't think it's a matter of catching up. Is a matter – I mean, look, if you look over the years, you know, you'll see – seasons where there's certain teams that you don't expect typically to have the same kind of talent level as the Gophers, but they do, you know, or maybe they're even better, but it doesn't necessarily 
pan out, you know, two, three, four seasons, you know, beyond that. So I, I don't really look at it from that standpoint. I think the talent that is there, I certainly think that if you look at the pipeline, they have a very good pipeline of talent. Um, you know, granted some of it's young and unproven yet. So we still have a ways to go before we can feel totally confident about that. But I think that we, I don't think it's necessarily a talent issue other than I do think that they are missing, you know, some really game changers on defense that I would like to see them do better at. Any thoughts, Beegs? Yeah, I think the hole in the team is defense. Like Hammy said, I think we knew that coming into the start of the year, that was going to be a big question mark. Uh, you know, there are a couple of guys that just haven't grown as much as we hoped they had, would have grown. There's no Mike Riley on this team. There's not even a Jake Bischoff. Um, and that that's really hurting them on the power play. I think it's hurt their rush scoring. Uh, if you looked at the numbers, you know, I think they're probably down scoring off the rush. And I think it's because they have a harder time getting into transition you see a lot of times where this team is doing DDD passes, you know, in their own zone at the circles while the forwards are already at the red line or blue line. You know, that's a problem. You, you can't have big gaps like that. You got to come up the ice with speed. And because of the defensive depth this year, that's not happening. All right. Well, thanks for all the questions, folks. We need to get forward to this weekend, guys. We've got Notre Dame coming in town. They started off the season 13-0 and in the Big Ten, had won 16 straight. But uh, this past weekend at, at the uh, United Center in Chicago, the Wisconsin finally uh, broke their streak, uh, beat them 5 nothing. It was basically a 3-0 game most of the game. Uh, um, but Viggs, uh, it doesn't matter. Notre Dame is still the king of the Big Ten right now. Yep, they've run away with it. They're going to get the first round by pretty much regardless of what they do here down the stretch. And they're a team that gets it done with defense and goaltending. You know, Minnesota found out uh, in their series earlier in the year that it's hard to get anything going against Notre Dame. You know, they played probably five of the six periods better, but weren't able to get any secondary chances, weren't able to get any rush scoring chances. Um, and when they were on the power play, they got the two backdoor goals, but they didn't really get a lot of puck movement against them. Uh, so it's a tough challenge. It's a, it's a team where you can't make mistakes because if, if you fall behind early to this team, you're going to have a hard time catching up. Viggs, will the, will the bigger sheet of ice help them with that space, though, this weekend? Well, Notre Dame's got a big rink, too. So uh, yeah, I suppose. Hybrid they're, rink. They're, yeah, they're it's, hybrid. That's I think right. It's, I think it's 92.5 or 95 wide, not quite 100. I think just being at home and be able to control the matchups will help. I think you'll be able to get uh, Middlestat and uh, Gates away from some of the top checkers from Notre Dame. But on the flip side, Notre Dame's got a lot of defensive depth. They're a real veteran group back there. Well, Hammy, they were Frozen Four team last year. so the, And they lost some good, pretty darn good players, and yet they have uh, really stepped it up a, a whole other level this year compared to last year. Yeah, I mean, you have to give them credit for, you know, having lost some of that talent, but then, you know, pretty good about replacing it. I mean, they're not, you know, obviously a great offensive team. They're solid, um, but obviously they're from a defensive standpoint, this is kind of, you know, what you would expect. Uh, you know, you have a coach that, you know, and his background has always been, you know, kind of more of a defensive-minded coach. So uh, you kind of have to look at that as being kind of the key point. And as we said, you know, if you get behind them, um, you're going to have a tough time because uh, Jeff Jackson's kind of a, a good defensive-minded coach, and uh, they're going to play you know, pretty solid all over the rink. We had a GP, uh, 
podcast, excuse me, podcast question show up on Twitter here while we were talking. Um, the Craze wants to know: Is a visiting number one seed in Notre Dame going to bring any more fans than usual this weekend? What is a successful weekend here for the Gophers? Yes. Uh, any thoughts on that, Viggs? I mean, you know, number basically the, the best team in the country is coming in, or one of the best. Uh, are the fans going to show up? Don't know if the fans are going to show up. I would expect, <laughs> you know, uh, Notre Dame has a pretty good alumni base here in the Twin Cities. You would almost hope that they're buying tickets to, to see their team play the Gophers when they're ranked so high. But I don't know. I don't know what kind of crowd we'll see this weekend. You know, the crowds haven't been great all year. I think the Army crowd is one of the better ones of the season. Um, I think it's just a spiteful ticket market at times here. Yeah, uh, but I think a successful weekend is a split for the Gophers. You know, it's going to be a tough, tough uh, task this weekend, and any points out of it's going to be good points. Ham, you kind of on the same book there. You know, a split would be a pretty good weekend for the Gophers. Yeah, I think that's probably you know. I mean, of course, you're always aiming for the home sweep, but um, you know, I, I think that it's more likely a split. I think that you know, one of those nights we're probably just going to have a a real difficult time. Actually, probably both nights we're going to have a difficult time scoring, but I think at least one of those nights we'll play pretty well defensively and, uh, you know, maybe win it by a one goal, kind of like we did this last week, maybe with a late kind of third period kind of a goal. And uh, I do think that it splits probably the best outcome that we're going to be looking at. There's Nate Wells finding all the facts when we need him, when he's listening. Compton, 90 feet wide. So not, not, not a huge difference. So... We shall see. By the way, I just wanted to let you know, the Army crowd on Friday on the 29th was the biggest scan ticket crowd of the season. Interesting. And that's more than Wisconsin. It's more than Wisconsin. And you've quite been, a you, bit. You've been collecting a lot of this data this year. We've been kind of, kind of holding on to it. You know, and I, I know you've given up some hints of some of this stuff so far this year, but uh, yeah, you have gained quite a few interesting numbers this year, haven't you, Vegas? Yeah, it's, it's probably one of the worst years for attendance and scan ticket data at Mariucci we've seen since I started taking this data. Uh, there will be an article in The Athletic on Friday about the uh, state of the program with some interesting quotes from uh, Athletic Director Mark Coyle, Don Lucia, uh, a couple of people from the Athletic Department who work in ticketing and marketing. Uh, so hope uh, people read it. Well, yeah. it's. I look, for, I look forward to the PDF. <laughs> oh, you're not going to send me one? What's oh, up with that? Oh boy, here mm. we go. It's a great deal. It's a lot cheaper than the Star Tribune. That's all I'm saying. If you're a hockey fan, the Athletics a good, a good uh, new source of media for you. It's definitely all good there. It's definitely all good. Well, besides this weekend, uh, one thing that was a little different uh, this week at Media Day was uh, Mr. Gensel was talking today. No Lucia. What was the deal with that, Viggs? Uh, well, the, the flu bug is going around the team. And Don Lucia is one of the guys who picked it up. So he uh, he sat out practice today and stayed home to try to heal up. And uh, Mike Genzel was there. And, you know, you get a lot of detailed responses from him that you'll hear after this podcast. And he's entertaining as always. He, uh, he had a good interview with uh, Frank Mazzocco last week where Frank gave him a compliment about how good of a radio analyst he's going to make. And Mike said, maybe even next year. <laughs> yeah, that that originally was supposed to be on the the 
the Thursday game, but due to some technical difficulties, they were off the air for quite a while. So Frank sent me the audio of the Gensel interview. It's about a six, seven-minute interview. And uh, we, we do have a post on GPL if you if you wanted to check it out because uh, Gensel is a he's, – he's just a flat-out better interview than with Lucia, and it's not even close. And then he'll be able to be on GPL podcast, man. Oh, man. He'd be a good guest, wouldn't he? <laughs> I'm sure we could get him rolling. I'm I'm sure we could because you know uh, he, he he's been up to Sweet Five a few times and back in the days and uh, he's uh, very entertaining. And, very- and I think where he'd be fun to talk to because I've had a few conversations about this stuff is just more like <clears throat> the recruiting game and some of the things that you come across that you know you don't tend to hear on like his some of his radio interviews and whatever is where they're you know they have limited time and they don't want to you know maybe the fans that they're listening to the station they don't necessarily care as much about that but for our you know listeners tend to be a lot more involved with that stuff probably be interested well Veeks, what else are we going to hear this uh on the on the media day stuff that we put on the end of the podcast uh, what, what are the players talking about this week uh, they'll talk about their experience going to New York. I, I think all the guys liked it, um, about the bonding experiences of, of going over there with Ramsey and, and Gates, and also what kinds of things they've learned this season about how to be successful. You know, the the good starts are key for them. In, in the series against Michigan, you know, awful shifts to start the game both nights. Uh, Michigan State, there was definitely a a directive to manage the puck better and get through the opening part of the game without giving up a goal. And that's not being ultra conservative, but it's just being direct. And then talking about how they need to do that to be successful against Notre Dame and create second chances. Um, something I know Lucia has been harping on this team about all year is, you know, not getting too spread out, you know, be available to support the puck and create more chaos. Okay, guys. Well, we, we seem to think a successful weekend would be a split, but Viggs, what actually happens this weekend? I mean, split would be good, but uh, what do you feel is really going to happen? I hate to see it, but I've got a bad feeling about this weekend. Oh, boy. I, I, I think Notre Dame's going to come in and, and win two low-scoring games. I, I think they're going to shut down the, the goal for offense. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as good a performance as the one they had at Notre Dame. I don't think they're going to control play for five of the six periods. Um, I, I feel like fatigue and a little bit of the flu bug is going through the lineup right now, and uh, it's hard to see them coming out with a lot of energy. Oh, boy. Hammy, what actually happens? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I still think, well... I don't know. I guess I, I do. I wouldn't be shocked if it's not a split. I'd be surprised, or I wouldn't be surprised if it was a. You know, you get like maybe a tie one night, lose it in the shootout, and then get beat the other night. You know, I, I don't know. I just know that I, I don't expect it to be very high scoring games. Um, I expect it to be kind of lower scoring, and kind of just want to try to eliminate as many of the mental mistakes, uh, so you're not giving up as many opportunities. Well, I can feel the negativity, Mike, because uh, if that actually does happen, Viggs, that they get swept, boy, are the Fire Lucia people going to come out of their holes real quick. I mean, 
they're emotionally kind of invested in this thing, and it sucks if that would have happened. But uh, that's what we've been seeing lately. You know, these fans are coming out and they're pissed off, and if they get swept at home again, like they did, you know, against Michigan just a few weeks ago, it might get a little ugly. And even though you know Notre Dame's a great team this year. Yeah, wear, wear your hard hat to the game on uh, Saturday night because, <laughs> you know, if, if it does happen, that's what I fully expect out of this fan base. You know, Notre Dame's a great team this year. The Big Ten as a whole is great this year. Uh, they've just been, been complaining about the Big Ten not being good. Well, it's good this year. And uh, Minnesota's got to find their game. I'll, I'll be surprised if it happens this weekend pleasantly. I just, I just don't know if I'm going to see it because the power play just has not gotten going. And I think they're having a hard time scoring goals. And, and Notre Dame is such a disciplined team. I don't see them giving you chances to get easy ones. Yeah. Will Don Lucia be wearing a Notre Dame fighting Irish tie? <laughs> oh, did I say that? <laughs> and maybe he'll be wearing his kid's jersey. Underneath the suit, maybe. Could be. Notre Dame There's- boxers. There is a funny line from uh, Mike Genzel about how uh, intensely Don takes this series. So be sure to listen for that. Oh, okay. All right, guys, any other thoughts on this week? No. (laughs) After after this week, they get a bye week for the Super Bowl and then a final six-game stretch to to figure things out. And and we'll be on a bye week. Probably a good time for the bye week to come for this team. and and we'll be on a bye week next week as well because if the team's not playing next week, yeah, we're not going to have a show. So we'll be back after that and recap this whole uh, Notre Dame either success or debacle. We'll just have to wait and see because if it's a debacle, I think maybe having that week off <laughs> to have us cool off might be a good thing. Uh, remember, you can always follow uh, – uh, Hammy on Hammy Hockey on Twitter. Uh, Vigo on EVigo. Remember, Vigo is always writing for The Athletic as well. It's got that story coming out this week about the, kind of the state of the program, so make sure you check that out. Like I said, we're off next week, but we'll be back the week after that, and uh, have a good week. Say that again. Does it mean more to Don playing against Notre Dame? It should. It's your alma mater, right? Or against another Notre Dame dad? Yeah, I'm sure uh, when his son was playing there, it meant a lot to him, too. You know, you always want to win, so you have the last laugh at the house and the meals. And so, yeah, I'm sure deep down, you know, it should mean something to you. And you wore those school colors for four years and probably still have a lot of school pride. So uh, I know I, if that was me, I'd feel that way. You know, finally the truth. <laughs> Uh-huh. Mike, what's your team worth since you played them the last time? And, and you know, is that the same team you're going to face, or are they are they growing too? 
Well, they lost one game since then, so I mean, obviously they feel so pretty they're good. They're vulnerable. Yeah, they're vulnerable. <laughs> you know, I don't know what to, uh, what to expect. Either they're going to be real ornery because they lost the first one in 17, or uh, maybe they're going to feel uh, a little bit uh, vulnerable right now. So who knows? I mean, uh, but it still comes down to how we play. I mean, we were real happy the way we played uh, when we went over to Thanksgiving weekend on Friday night. I think we outshot them 45-23 and outchanced them significantly and ran into a real hot goalie, and that happens. And uh, you have to give them credit uh, when you have the best save percentage college hockey at 95 percent you're going to win a lot of games and um, they score well uh, enough to win they defend like crazy their their power play and penalty kill are right up there the fourth best team in college hockey and face off so we have a tall order in front of us and what we've hopefully learned is that uh, it's going to take four lines and six defense and a great goaltending for us to have a chance stronger bunch of team right now than maybe at the beginning of the season well, you know what, we, we've been up and down. I mean, I, I certainly, like I said yesterday to the guys, I mean, I don't think we can feel good about, you know, how we left this rink two weeks ago when Michigan was here. And I think we have to, for ourselves and for our, for our, our program and for our fans, uh, put a better, better effort forward Friday night. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can play better. Uh, the last time our number one team was in here a couple weeks ago, St. Cloud, we had a good night. And uh, we have something to draw back on with that experience. And I think, you know, Notre Dame will present different challenges, but certainly uh, their ranking is, is well-deserved. It'll give us a significant test to see where we're at with eight games to go. Mike, you've coached Frozen Four teams in Buffalo and in Philadelphia and a bunch of different places. How is it different when it's in St. Paul, when it's in your backyard? Well, when I go back to 2002, I mean, I, it's it's obviously something that sits out in front of you to know it's a, it's a big goal of everybody's. I mean, obviously, the, you know, the hockey people in the state uh, that support the Gopher program would love to see the big, you know, the big school in the, in the, in the national tournament. But, you know, I, I don't think it draws a real significance until you get into the regional. And then it gives you a real incentive and a real goal at that point to say, hey, you know, I remember when we went to Ann Arbor that year and we had to win two games. I mean, we knew what was at stake, and that was to get back at home. And if you got home, uh, you knew you were going to have a big backing and a lot of following and a lot of support. And I think the pressure the first night to get to the second game was significant. And once we won that game, uh, we relaxed and played a lot better the second day because we knew we were so close to the, to the goal. So it's a little far away uh, right now. I think the big goal is to just play well enough to get into the NCAA Tournament. How important are the starts this weekend against Notre Dame? It's so hard if you're chasing the game against them. I think they're the, the, the team that would tell you that if you know, for us, if we fall behind the way they defend, it'll be difficult. You know, I think we learned a valuable lesson against Michigan. I mean, we got behind 14 seconds one night and a minute and a half the second night. And, you know, you can't chase games against any opponent. I mean, it's just a difficult game. And, you know, we, we have some youth in some areas and maybe some lack of scoring has been our, our big enigma this year. So I don't think that it, it is in our best interest to be behind early. I think we have to try to really work to get that first goal and play ahead and put some pressure on them. And, you know, obviously make them uncomfortable in front of their net this week. And I think that's the biggest goal. we got to get to the net and we got to make their goalie uncomfortable. You think after last weekend the team is a lot more offensively confident than they were, uh, again, say, in the Michigan series? I would have said Friday morning, yeah. When we scored five goals, we felt pretty good about ourselves. And then, uh, you know, I look up there with, what, three minutes to go on Saturday night, and it's 1-1 again. So, you know, it's day-to-day. -day, it's it's period-to-period, -period, it seems like. I mean, I, I can't believe how many times I've, uh, I've looked at the scoreboard this year and said, man, we're stuck at 0-1 again. I mean, it's just – but, you know, hey, we've gotten goaltending. We've defended well. I mean, there's certain numbers that are trending the right way. It's just our power plan and our scoring have to get better. And, uh, you know, that seems to ease a lot of people's apprehensions and tensions on the bench. And, you know, you feel a lot better about yourself, I know, when you score five than when you score one or two. When you guys are scoring five, what is clicking for you guys? 
Well, I think depth in our lineup. You know, I mean, you look at the second half scoring. I mean, Ramsey shows up, Romenko shows up. Uh, you know, we get a goal here and there from our D. Um, you know, then the next, you know another night, uh, Tower Sheehy gets two like he did in Michigan State the other night. So I mean, it's just it's that depth that you'd like to have throughout your lineup. And you know, when you look at your line chart every night, you know your first line should be your you know line that contributes the most. But you'd certainly like to have two, three, and four that have some significant value on the offensive end too. And you know, there's been nights where maybe our offensive players haven't been our best defensive players and our best defensive players haven't been good enough offensively and we have to level that off a little bit and you know get a goal here and there from our decor and you know hopefully uh, you know get I think at this point in the season if you can get to three and hold the opponent to two you got a real good shot you know and if we get to four we feel pretty good about where we're at. And despite the numbers do you see the power play coming along? Um, you know, there's there's good signs. I mean, I, I chart the scoring chances on a nightly basis, and there's a lot of nights where we have six, seven, eight grade A scoring chances and uh, good opportunities. Um, you know, we've missed some, you know, maybe some plays that have been on the rink that we should have made, backdoor tap-ins, missed some one-timers. But I do think we're trending in the right way in scoring chances. We're not giving up much on our, pen, on our penalty kill, and we're getting a lot more chances on our power play. So hopefully that bodes well. But, I mean, hey, everybody's got a goal. They want to win the special teams battle every night. And, you know, they're not going to lay down and let us just score. And, and unfortunately, it looks like every night when you pre-scout opponents, I mean, teams come in here with an 87, 88, 89 save, or a penalty kill percentage percentage and you're going against the best so it's been the way it is this year and it's made us uh, challenge ourselves to be better you catch yourself looking at the uh, pairwise rankings or is it too soon oh maybe with one eye one just eye. with on one eye you know i it's 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 so uh, turbulent at times you know i saw on twitter last night you know mankato wins one nothing and they go to one spot and duluth goes to another spot i mean you know you could win a, you, you lose a game and all of a sudden you look after the game and you're like oh you're 13 and then when the night's over you're you're nine because there's other games that haven't finished yet yeah. so you know we we played a really good schedule that helps us but the best thing we can do right now is win games and certainly win our home games how's done so you've been out for a while yeah, a couple of days. You know what? Uh, most guys at this point, you get some illnesses, and that was a tough trip. And we got home at 3:30 uh, Saturday night from from uh, New York City. So, yeah, just a little under the weather. I mean, some guys get the crud, and some guys are getting the flu. So, you know, we just gotta take care of ourselves in our dressing room and make sure our trainers are our best player right now. What did you take away from the trip to New York City? What do I take away from it? Yeah. Um, you know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience for kids. I mean, no kid's ever going to tell you that playing in Madison Square Garden or the XL Energy Center or the United Center or wherever it may be isn't anything other than a thrill for them. I mean, everybody aspires to be an NHL player and to get an opportunity just to be in an NHL rink means something to kids. So, you know, it's obviously the most famous arena in sports. And just to get there, I mean, it was my Don's first time, my first time, a lot of our players' first time. So pretty cool. Are you a fan of having these destination games? Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, it's a significance for our program, and I think it's good. I mean, the next year going to Las Vegas and different opportunities like that I think are good for the, for the Gopher Hockey program. Thanks, Mike. Okay. How much of an opportunity is it anytime you get to face a team that's having the kind of season that Notre Dame's having? It's huge. Obviously, uh, you win... Uh, you win any game against a team that's ranked that uh, that high, it's going to give you a good chance to make the NCAA tournament. You guys starting to think that way, that some wins are going to be worth more than others, especially with the schedule you guys have closing out? Yeah, I mean, I think that we put ourselves in a situation early on in the season that we we do need to think about, okay, if we lose this game, yeah, it's going to hurt us. I mean, obviously last weekend winning both those games was huge because um, that, that definitely would have hurt us. And 
like I said, looking forward, looking forward to Notre Dame. These could be a couple of big wins to pick up for us, and uh, especially pick up some confidence rolling into the end of the season. You guys have the sense that we've seen it so many times in college hockey, just the way it works. Doesn't matter how you get in, you get in, and as long as you're picking at the end, that's all that matters. You guys kind of see that doesn't really matter what we've done. Let's just get forward and get in and see what happens. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you see, seen that uh, with teams over the past few years that have got in as the uh, one of the bottom few seeds. It takes a hot goalie and, you know, some confidence in, in the end of the season. So, What do you take from that uh, last series against Notre Dame going forward here? Uh, like a couple months ago yeah. against Notre Dame? Uh, I mean, it's going to be more than just getting shots on net. You know, we have to get uh, in the paint. Finish on those shots, on those rebounds. We got to play uh, well defensively. Uh, if it's a if it's a two one game, it's a five four game. I don't think it, it matters to me personally. I just want to get those those W's. Jack, the Vikings had the whole bring it home theme, play the Super Bowl here. It didn't happen, obviously. The Frozen Four is here. You guys think about that the fact that you know you could be taking a ten minute bus ride to the Frozen Four if things play out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we'd, we'd have a good home crowd behind us if we were there. Um, Coach Bell talks a lot, a lot about it. You know, talks about St. Paul, like the uh, the habits that we have to uh, to get there. So, um, I think it's a good thing for coaches to remind us of, uh, to kick us in the butt a little bit, remind us that, that that's what we're playing for. What's something now that you think is stronger with the team than maybe at the beginning of the season? Uh, Sorry to give you an essay question there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can I can go a lot of ways with that. Uh, I, I think I think team chemistry. You know, obviously we haven't had uh, set lines throughout the whole year. Um, Obviously, yesterday I was on a different line than I was today in practice. So uh, you never know what you're going to get when you come to the rink, but you know that you're going to be playing with some good hockey players. So as long as we get that uh, chemistry figured out, it's good to make the trip to New York. That was another thing to uh, add chemistry for sure, but I'd say chemistry. Have you ever scored a goal like you did on Thursday? Uh, <laughs> no. No, I definitely I don't think so. I've seen it a couple of times, but uh, maybe I need to start working on it a little bit more. It's kind of gives give you confidence. You had a little bit of a stretch where it seemed like you'd hit a post or just go and make a great save and have that go in that way. Is that a two-year stretch or no? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, for, for sure. It's uh, it's nice to see that that go on. I mean, it was uh, it was good to get on the board for the team and. Um, Get, definitely get some confidence going on the stretch. I mean, I think over the past few weeks, uh, Darian and myself and anyone that's that's been on that uh, fourth line role with us, we've been getting to the net, getting pucks to the net, and we've been scoring some goals like that. So it doesn't take too much skill around the net like that. Was there a New York moment or like a minute like walking in the rink or anything that kind of hit you about the trip to play there? Honestly, I think it was getting off the ice after the game. Um, I would think it's Alicia Keys and Jay-Z. They started playing the song in New York. After we won and that started playing, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like, that finally hit me then when we were getting off the ice. So, but you blocked it out pretty good. Yeah, no, you know, I don't know. When we're here, yeah, I, you got you to bask in some of it, and you know, then you got you to gotta have a serious face most of the time. So, Do you think that trip came at a good time for you guys to come together as a team here with the stretch coming up? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was it was a, a tough series uh, against Michigan. Um, I think it was it was nice to get on a little bit of road trip like that, and definitely, uh, you know, obviously schools just started up again, but uh, get the boys tight knit, get us on a bus, get us on a plane, get us in the hotel, um, team meals with each other, and just all sorts of bonding stuff. I mean, we were walking around Times Square. I mean, all memories like that for the rest of my life. So uh, definitely a special experience. Is it important for you guys to come together as a team here? With tough games coming up like Notre Dame and then maybe a tough road to the playoffs? For sure, 100%. I mean, on the ice and uh, off the ice, if, if we're going to have to play number one team in the uh, the country like Notre Dame, like St. Cloud, and, and we're going to have to win 2-1, one nothing. you know, we're going to have to be close-knit. We're going to have to be laying our bodies on the line for each other. What's the emphasis to come out and have good starts in games like that? 
I'd say right away you got to limit the turnovers and you got to focus on uh, what the coaches have said. Get the bucks deep, get it behind their uh, their goal line, and just go to work. I mean, if you're coming out there and, and playing soft, I'd like to get out there and get hit and you know give a hit for a shift. Do you guys have that kind of that first five minute game emphasize this weekend against Michigan State? Against Michigan State, yeah, 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 for sure. I think that we wanted to have that five ten minute game. I think on uh, it was a Thursday night. I think we had twelve shots or so after the first uh, five ten minutes. I mean, I think we were down one nothing, but it was good to get those shots on the board. And, you know, get the ball rolling a little bit. Playing a little more direct. Exactly. Yep. What does the changing of lines do for the team's overall depth? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, we have a lot of a lot of depth players, and I think you can scoot anyone around really. Um, like today, we had we had in practice. Uh, a couple of guys are are sick and just battling back and forth. But like I said, that that whole chemistry thing, guys are guys are willing to play with each other and guys are comfortable playing with each other. So it doesn't really matter. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, do you guys relish an opportunity to face a team that's done what Notre Dame's been able to do this year? Yeah, I mean it's a great opportunity for us, obviously, um, in conference and. You know the way the way that they are in, in the standings. Um, it's nice to have them in our building now and and uh, get another crack at them. Every win counts the same in the standings, but how cognizant are you guys that some wins just do mean more than others once we start talking pairwise and NCAA tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's obviously in the back of everyone's mind. You know where where certain teams are at. You know who who you beat and uh, keeping teams behind you. But um, like you said, every game does matter and. and we try our hardest not to worry too much about who we're playing and, and really just worry about what's going on inside our locker room and, and keep building our team. Last week, did you have a, a New York moment or anything? Was it a time where you kind of looked around or kind of hit you like, oh, this is kind of a cool situation? Yeah, it was really cool. I think, um, you know, I didn't really realize. I've never been in New York City, and then that first night we got there, we got to go into Times Square for a little bit. And, um, it's like a whole different world. I mean, it, it was pretty crazy, so... Uh, and then we went and dropped our gear off at, at the garden, and I think kind of everyone was like, "Wow, this is pretty cool." Just seeing all the posters and who's been there, you know, and performed and, and played sports there, so it was a cool experience. Does being from not too far away from Notre Dame does that mean more to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I went to some games growing up and and uh, rooted for them a little bit growing up, but um, like I said, tried treat every team the same, but. Um, for sure. I mean, when we played there, it was easy for my parents to get out and watch and, and stuff like that. But um, just trying to focus on my game and our team's game. So. How do you feel your game's coming along? Um, you know, I, I think it's starting to click a little bit. Um, you know, I feel like as our team is figuring things out, you know, guys individually are too. And, and you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way that I've been playing, um, you know, down the stretch. And I'm hoping to keep being able to help out the team. So one attribute around the team, whether it's on ice, off ice, whatever, that you feel better about now than maybe you did at the beginning of the season? Um, you know, I think we we just keep getting closer, you know, every week. I mean, we're trying to do more outside and as a team and, you know, just, just kind of bond because I think we got, um, you know, we got young guys, we got older guys, and, and it's just it's getting everyone together and making sure that we are a tight-knit group, and I think we're getting better with that. And, um, you know, hopefully it starts to show on the ice too. Are you skating with Katie again or Casey again this week? Uh, yeah, that's what it's been so far. So um, as of now, yeah. But as we learned, that could change tomorrow. Yeah, we never know. What does Notre Dame do so effectively to limit scoring? You know, their defense and goaltenders have had such a good season so far. Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head. They have they have a good decor. You know, veteran group and, and their young guys are 
uh, doing the job, and, and, and their goalie's been really well. And when we went there, actually, he, he had an amazing weekend. Their goalie did. So, um, you know, I think they just, as a team, they kind of buy into the to the defensive game, and, and they take pride in, in holding teams to zero, one, two goals. And and uh, when, when you got your whole team buying in to do that, and you got you got some good players with it, it's, it's a good combination. Is it hard because they take away the rush scoring opportunities so much, or is it the layers in the defensive zone, second chances that they limit? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean they, they, they block a lot of shots. They their forwards all come back through the middle hard, so it's it's harder to make those seam passes and get them stretched out. Um, and then obviously their, their goalie's not giving up a ton of rebounds. He's he's pretty good with his rebound control, so that helped too. Coming out of that November series against Notre Dame, you guys kind of felt good about yourself despite the sweep. What lessons do you kind of take away from that that you can put towards the home series against them? Yeah, I mean, we, we outshot them, I think, pretty heavily, especially the first game, and, and their goalie stood on his head a little bit. So, um, you know, we, we had a couple lapses defensively as a team, um, not picking up guys in the slot, and, and you know, that was just stuff we were, we were trying to figure out, you know, earlier in the season, and um, we're hoping that, that we've got that figured out and, and we can take care of uh, our zone first and then um, get the goalie to crack and keep putting bucks on them. This team's had a lot more success at home against those top teams. Um, how do you continue that against uh, Notre Dame? Yeah, I mean, obviously it helps having our fans and, and our energy in the building. And, um, you know, I think, you know, we, we love all the fans that come out and, and it's a little extra energy for us um, coming out of the gates. So, you know, we, we just got to use that and, and, you know, use the big ice, use the familiarity with the rink and, and um, just come out and start the game well.